This Faith and Finance podcast is underwritten in part by Heart for Lebanon. The country of Lebanon is no stranger to crisis. Decades of war, natural disasters, and political corruption have destroyed much of the country's infrastructure. An epic economic collapse is driving most families below the poverty line. And now there are more refugees per capita than any place in the world, creating both a crisis and an opportunity. Heart for Lebanon comes alongside families living in despair by helping meet physical needs, providing access to education, and building authentic relationships that allow them to introduce these families to the hope found only in Jesus Christ. And right now, you can help. Your investment of $116 brings to a struggling family food, emergency supplies, and the good news of the gospel. Give now at faithby.com slash Lebanon or call 888-201-5577. That's 888-201-5577. One Bible verse that's often misquoted is, money is the root of all evil. The actual verse, which is found in 1 Timothy 6.10 says, for the love of money is a root of all kinds of evil. I am Rob West. Money is a useful tool for reaching personal goals, supporting loved ones, and serving those in need. But no matter how necessary it is for daily living, money should not become an object of devotion. We'll talk about that today, and then we'll take your calls at 800 525-7000. This is Faith and Finance, biblical wisdom for your financial journey. Well, some people believe money is what makes life worthwhile. For the worldly mind, money seems to promise security, success, freedom, and power. The Christian worldview holds that only God can meet our deepest needs. So we put our trust and hope in Jesus, not in temporary things. Still, we all need and use money every day. Everyone deals with temptations to worry about money, or fight about it, or overspend it, or even hoard it. That's why the Bible offers so much wisdom for putting money in its proper place. Uh, getting back to our verse in 1 Timothy 6.10, for the love of money is a root of all kinds of evils, to find out what evils Paul is talking about, we can look back at verse 9. Those who want to get rich fall into temptation and a trap and into many foolish and harmful desires that plunge people into ruin and destruction. So the first problem with loving money is this. Wanting to get rich can actually destroy your life. When the longing for wealth consumes your thinking and defines your priorities, well, it leads to temptations, foolishness, and harmful desires. The end result of these is ruin and destruction. Another danger is that craving money can derail your faith in God. 1 Timothy 6.10 continues, Some people, eager for money, have wandered from the faith and pierced themselves with many griefs. I don't think Paul is overstating the problem here. Faith in God is the way of peace. Wandering off his path can be a painful experience. Next, loving money too much makes it an idol, replacing God as the highest priority. Instead, Jesus said, love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. 
The Bible also explains that loving money and God at the same time is not possible. In Matthew 6.24, Jesus warned us that no one can serve two masters, for he will either hate the one and love the other, or he will hold to one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. Finally, you'll have to admit it, money is never really enough. Have you ever really wanted something and when you got it, you realized it wasn't as great as you expected? Well, that's just what happens when you try to accumulate money for its own sake. Ecclesiastes 5.10 says, He who loves money will not be satisfied with money. The fact is, only Jesus can satisfy the desires of your heart. Ultimately, loving money opens the door for sins like greed fear, pride, envy, and dishonesty to take hold, leading you away from the Lord. All this can destroy your peace and ruin your witness. Of course, money itself is neutral, neither good nor bad. Like possessions or prescription drugs or relationships or food, it's not the thing itself that's evil. It's what you think about it and what you do with it that can become a problem. Let me read those verses from 1 Timothy again. Those who want to get rich fall into a temptation and a trap and into many foolish and harmful desires that plunge people into ruin and destruction. For the love of money is a root of all kinds of evil. Some people eager for money have wandered from the faith and pierced themselves with many griefs. So what we need now is a way out of temptation. The next verses explain how Christians, by the power of the Holy Spirit, can actually avoid the dangers of loving money. Listen to this. Flee from all this and pursue righteousness, godliness, faith, love, endurance, and gentleness. Fight the good fight of faith. Take hold of the eternal life to which you were called when you made your good confession in the presence of many witnesses. The world offers us many things that demand our loyalty and affection. Money is just one of those things. And as believers in Christ, we're called to flee from foolish desires, stay faithful to God, and hold on to our hope of eternal life. If we can help you with that, visit us at faithfi.com. All right, let's take your calls next. The number 800-525-7000. 800-525-7000. This is Faith and Finance, biblical wisdom for your financial decisions. We'll be right back. Absolutely free. We know you've learned to be suspicious of those words, but really, you can get biblical financial wisdom delivered to your inbox each week absolutely free. Articles, videos, podcasts, and special offers on biblical resources. Nearly 60,000 people receive our free weekly wisdom email, and you can too. Create your free FaithFi account by going to faithfi.com and click sign up to begin receiving weekly wisdom in your inbox. Every day, FaithFi is working to meet people right where they are. Through our national radio program, app, and website, we're helping people put their faith in God and not in money and possessions. And we're encouraging and equipping Christians to have a passionate pursuit for sacrificially living and giving the money entrusted to them. If you believe in and have benefited from FaithFi, would you consider becoming a monthly FaithFi patron? Learn more about the FaithFi patrons' membership at faithfi.com and click Give.
Welcome back to Faith and Finance. I'm Rob West. It's time to turn the corner and take your calls and questions today. The number, 800-525-7000. That's right. We've got lines open. Our team is standing by ready to take your call. 800-525-7000. Let's dive in. We're going to begin in Kentucky today. Hi, Dan. Go ahead, sir. Hi, Rob. Um, I appreciate you taking my call. I have spoke with you uh, a couple of times before. I'm a recent retiree, but uh, the issue now with tax planning and so on, I became more aware of um, the donor advised fund option. And I read your material on your website, um, but I was wondering if you could expand a little bit more on that, particularly um, while my concern is there are other are there multiple uh, entities, it seems, that would offer the option of opening a DAF, but yeah. my concern is not funding it through fees and that a company that may support philosophies, hiring um, um, practices that I may not um, be I want to be party to. So uh, what would be your recommendations? And I, I understand uh, NCF is one that you've spoken of before, so I apologize if this is something you've addressed more recently. But yeah, uh, could you expand or give me some thoughts, some of your thoughts on on the uh, DAFs? Yeah, I'd be happy to, Dan. And I'm glad you brought this up, especially this time of year. You know, the donor advised fund is one of my favorite giving tools or vehicles that exist today. You might think of it for those who maybe haven't heard of this before as a charitable checking account. So essentially you make a gift to your donor advised fund, and then you can make recommendations to grant that money back out. Now, here's the key. You technically are giving up control over that money when you put it into the donor advised fund. uh, And that's how you can get the deduction because you're turning it over to a donor advised fund sponsor. Now, by nature, the whole purpose of a donor advised fund is that the donor advised fund sponsor does not create strategies on where the money is given. It's intended for them to hold the money, even though they technically own it, they are supposed to wait for, and uh, by virtue of how these are designed, the the gifts go out of the donor advised fund only at the request uh, of the uh, contributor, the the person who set up the account in the first place. So you'd make recommendations, and then they would, uh, you know, pass those on. Uh, now the key here, and you raise a really good point. It's not only about the maybe internal practices of the company. Um, it's also that they have the ability to stand in the way of what ministries or organizations, charities ultimately receive the funds. Because conceivably, and this happens with certain uh, donor advised fund sponsors now, you could say, I wanted to go to XYZ ministry, and they say, I'm sorry, we can't, uh, you know, follow your uh, request uh, or recommendation because that particular ministry is on a list of hate groups that, um, that we won't give to. Uh, and so we're not going to do that. 
And so that's why I think it's really important that you choose your donor advised fund sponsor to ensure that they're aligned with your values in terms of what they stand for and that they will ensure that you can always at any point in the future make recommendations to ministries or charities of your choosing and including those that align with your Christian values, which is why I would recommend that you look at the National Christian Foundation. The two biggest donor-advised fund sponsors in the country are Fidelity Charitable and Schwab Charitable, but for the reasons I mentioned, and not because they have any of these curbs in place right now, but they could be added down the road. And that's why I think using ncfgiving.com founded by Larry Burkett and Ron Blue and others will ensure that no matter how long the money's in your donor advised fund, you'll always be able to recommend that it be granted out to those charities that are on your heart. Does that make sense? It makes a great deal of sense, and you actually hit the nail on well, a couple nails on the head that I was hoping to uh, take care of. So thank you very much. I appreciate All right. it. Yeah, you're very welcome. It's really simple to set up. I would do it. Again, the website is ncfgiving.com. They call it a giving fund, but it, it's, an, in a sense, a donor-advised fund. Um, so if we can help further, don't hesitate to reach out. Thanks for your call today. Uh, to Chattanooga. Hi, Karen. Go ahead. Hi, thank you so much for taking my call. Um, related question, actually, um, on RMDs and charitable giving. Um, my mother, years ago, was late on doing her RMD, and she had to pay a penalty of 50%. Yeah. So I would specifically like to know when mine is due. It's hard to understand from what I read. My birthday is one Okay. Yeah. So your first RMD, required minimum distribution, Karen, from a traditional IRA or 401k or other tax deferred retirement account is going to be uh, April 1st of the year after you turn 73 based on the new, uh, you know, the latest uh, rule and regulation changes. So they've been pushing it out slowly. And um, just based on your age, uh, that would be April 1st of, of the year after you turn 73. And then in years following, you'll just need to make sure you take that by December 31st of each year. That April 1st deadline is only for that first year following the date you turn uh, 73. Now, I see in my notes here, you're wondering about Roth IRAs. There are no RMD requirements for Roths. This would only be for traditional accounts. Now, it's never a bad idea to work with your CPA, especially as you're, you know, thinking about taking your first one, just to make sure you know the amount you need to take and and the date and that, uh, you know, you're in line with what's required of you based on the balance of the account and the IRS tables. Um, but but that is the the year you need to be targeting at this point. Okay. And how do I find out how much will my, and I did not say that about the Roth, but that's okay. How, how will I find out from my traditional IRA how much I owe? Will they send me something? Yeah, uh, so they would have to, uh, the IRA custodian is required to inform you of the amount of your RMD by January 31st each year. And it's basically an amount that's 
uh, determined by dividing the the December 31 balance of the IRA or retirement plan by a life expectancy factor that the IRS publishes uh, in their publication 590B on their website. But again, your CPA could help you with that, or uh, you know you would look for that notification uh, by December 31st each year from your IRA custodian or retirement account custodian. Okay. I hear that music. Could we possibly come back and talk about charitable giving from the IRA? I'd be delighted to. That's a great idea. So you stay right there, and uh, I appreciate you uh, keying off of the music and uh, knowing that that means I need to take a break. So when we come back, folks, we're going to continue talking to Karen in Chattanooga, and then we'll head to St. Louis after that. We'll be right back. Are you struggling to fit your faith into your practice as a Christian financial advisor? The Certified Kingdom Advisor designation teaches you a step-by-step process to confidently deliver advice that aligns with Christian values. Discover the skills you need to help your clients make a kingdom impact. Get started today by enrolling in the CKA educational program at kingdomadvisors.com slash get certified. That's kingdomadvisors.com slash get certified. We are grateful for support from Praxis Mutual Funds. Praxis Mutual Funds has seven impact strategies that are designed to create positive real-world change. More information is available at PraxisMutualFunds.com. The fund's investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses are contained in the prospectus and summary prospectus. This and other information is available at PraxisMutualFunds.com. Investments involve risk. Principal loss is possible. Foresight Fund Services, LLC. Welcome back to Faith and Finance. I'm Rob West. We're taking your calls and questions. I've got a few lines open, 800-525-7000. That's 800-525-7000. You can call right now. Uh, Just before the break, we were talking to Karen in uh, Chattanooga, Tennessee, about required minimum distributions. But Karen, I know you said you had a second question uh, related to charitable giving. So go right ahead. Distribution. Can I put that into charitable giving and without tax, paying taxes, and how does that work? Yeah, uh, and I, we, we didn't hear the first part of what you said, but did you say a qualified charitable distribution? Yes, I believe that's the name of it. Yes, From it is. the yep. required minimum distribution to a yeah. qualified charitable yeah, very good. So the qualified charitable distribution is the the means by which you make a charitable contribution from a qualified account. So think IRA, 401k, which yes, you will have that required minimum distribution on uh, after April 1st of the year after you turn 73 and you're only 71 now. Now, uh, the qualified charitable distribution becomes an option at age 70 
even though, uh, you know, you don't have that RMD until 73. Now, when you make the qualified charitable distribution, essentially you're making a gift from your IRA directly to a charity or ministry or your church, a 501c3 nonprofit. Uh, Your custodian, whoever you get your statements from on your IRA, is the one that will send the, the money to the charity at your request once you complete the paperwork for the QCD. And when that happens, they get the full benefit of that money because it's not added to your adjusted gross income, which would be taxable as it would be if you were to take it out and the money were to come to you directly instead of the charity, which is why it's such an effective tool because you get the money to the charity and you don't have to recognize it as income, which you normally would have. And furthermore, to your point, once you have those RMDs, it also satisfies your required minimum distribution. So what a lot of folks will do is they will say, okay, I was actually going to do some giving out of cash, maybe cash in my checking or savings account to my favorite charity. I'm going to replace that with money in my IRA that I don't need and do the giving out of there, which essentially allows me to give the same amount and not recognize it as income, and then I just leave the money in my checking or savings that I was going to send. Or in other cases, you may use it as a an additional giving opportunity. But in either case, it's a really powerful tool. So, Karen, thanks for your call today. Uh, let's go to St. Louis. Hi, Joyce. How can I help? Hi. Hi, Rob. Thank you for taking our call. Yes, uh, my husband's sitting here with me. Um, my husband and I are both retired and soon to be ages 77 and 75. Uh, we're planning uh, in two to three years to enter a retirement community, yeah. um, and we currently have about ninety, well, actually about a hundred thousand in our IRA and about one hundred and thirty thousand of equity in our home in a solid yeah. neighborhood. Thankfully, our joint Good. monthly retirement income is about forty seven hundred dollars. Yeah. Uh, questions are twofold: How should we handle these assets to gain and protect them while ensuring we have enough funds for entrance? For an entrance fee of two hundred thousand dollars and a monthly rent of twenty eight hundred into this retirement community, mm-hmm. and when the time comes, can we transfer the current hundred thousand in the IRA into this nonprofit church-based retirement community uh, with this entrance fee I mentioned of two hundred thousand without having to pay the ten percent IRA withdrawal fee? Hmm. Yeah. Well, a couple of thoughts on that. Number one is, um, it sounds like that 4700 a month, even today, you know, is enough to cover your bills, correct? Yes. yes. Okay. Yeah, great. And the good news is when you're ready to move into the retirement community, which I think can be a great option, uh, you're going to sell your home at that point, correct? Yeah. So you'd have 130000 in equity or whatever it grows to between now and then, uh, plus whatever the IRA grows to. Uh, now, this is a little tricky on the entrance fee. Um, you know, I, there does, I don't think there's going to be a way because even though you said it's a nonprofit, you're obviously getting value from that. So you're not making a charitable contribution. You're buying in to this retirement community. So that's going to be a taxable event. Now, it's not going to be a penalty. If you're over 59 and a half, you're able to take that money out without any penalty, but it will be added to your taxable income uh, as it comes out of the IRA so that you can then, you know, add it to the equity coming out of the house to make that down payment or at least buy in in full to that retirement community. So I think the thing for you to do is 
work with your advisor, and if you don't have one, you can find a CKA on our website, faithfi.com. Work with your advisor to take a, a proactive approach to managing the IRA to protect it, but also grow it modestly given the time horizon you have between now and when you're planning to pull the money out so you can buy in to the retirement community. Hopefully the house continues to grow in value and you're continuing to pay pay it down. So maybe we're a lot closer to the, the 200000 that you need when that time comes. But to the extent some of the IRA needs to be used, that just needs to go in to the planning of how the investment allocation is put together. Uh, and then I would also work with your CPA uh, on whatever amount has to come out of the IRA as to the timing on that, because you may want to pull it out, you know, whatever that amount is, divide it in two and take it out over two tax years just to lessen the burden on that. The other consideration is, depending on what happens with the election, the Tax Cuts and Jobs Act expires uh, in 2025, so those tax rates are probably going up. So you're probably going to want to think about maybe pulling a portion of it out prior to uh, the taxes increasing. I hope that helps you, Joyce, and uh, gives you some good information, but I love the uh, direction you guys are headed. I think that makes a lot of sense. Thanks for your call today. Uh, Let's uh, stay in Illinois and uh, talk to Linda. Go ahead. There's a lady in my church who has not been able to come to church unless she receives a ride because her car broke down and it cannot be repaired. She also has health issues and she brings her granddaughter, who's eight years old, to church. I have saved $1,000 to purchase a car for her. And I would like to know if you know of any organizations where I can find a good car for a low price. Hmm. Yeah, it's a great question. You know, I might start, Linda, at your local church, because if this is a church member, um, perhaps there's somebody in the church that wants to sell a car. The other options are just, you know, where you're going to find a car that, you know, you're going to have to pay a market price for. So you could look at Auto, Auto Trader or CarMax or Carvana. You know, there's also newspaper ads, but you're not going to obviously get those for below market prices, which is why I'd probably start at the local church. We appreciate your call today. Thanks for being on the program. Well, once again, our time went by way too fast, but tune in next time and we'll do it all over again. Before we go, I'd like to thank our incredible production team, Amy, Devin, Jim, Robert, Brandy, Rob, and Ben. Couldn't do it without them. Have a great rest of your day and I'll see you again next time for another edition of Faith and Finance. Faith and Finance is provided by FaithFi and listeners like you.